Welcome to Secrets of Tomorrow's Leaders. My name is Corin Young with RK Studios, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Daniela Echez. Hello, Daniela. Hi, Corin. How's it going? Going good. How are you doing? Good. We're doing a, a remote podcast. This is our first time doing a remote podcast from three different locations. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. And uh, we're joined with a uh, special guest. Daniela, I'll let you go ahead and introduce her. Yes, today we have Stacy Daniel Summers, who's a licensed clinical social worker, educator, and consultant. Stacy began facilitating intergroup dialogue over 15 years ago as a college student and has continued educating others on diversity, inclusion, and ways to connect across differences at schools, local communities, and nonprofit settings. She currently holds a degree in psychology and a master's degree in social work. She is also uh, currently a psychotherapist providing culturally responsive support to clients across California, especially during these difficult times. Welcome, oh, Stacey. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good, good to have you here. Uh, this is uh, an important conversation about the diversity and inclusion. And uh, it's cool to hear that that's something you've been doing for 15 years. Uh, is that something that you've always kind of had your eye on? Yeah, it, it actually is. Um, a lot of times people end up in their fields because of how they grew up. And so I grew up in a town where uh, for a long time, I was one of the very few African-American or black uh, students or people in my class. Um, so diversity for me was just sort of like everyday life. Um, and as uh, I grew up and uh, into high school, um, it got more interesting as um, my community I grew up in in Michigan is actually really diverse. So I grew up with lots of folks from lots of different religions, um, different backgrounds. We did get more diverse as I continued on um, in my town at school. And so it just it was like a natural part of the conversation. Um, and so when I got to college, it continued. I went to University of Michigan. Um, and they have a program that they actually started now, I think 30 years ago, called um, the Program in Intergroup Relations, where the whole point is to help equip college students with the skills to work effectively across difference as they go on to their careers. So um, it definitely was something that was a part of my life, and I was really excited to be a part of the program I got to college and then be a consultant with the program and take it with me in my professional journey, too. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, what, what made you want to take what you saw and your experiences and turn that into something that you're doing uh, for a career? Yeah, it sort of kind of, I kind of fell into it, I guess, um, as a student. Um, and every, I feel like and when you're in college, there's always like hallmarks of your college experience. Um, so the fun one for us was um, we had, uh, Michigan was in an affirmative action battle back then in 2000, the early 2000s. So it was a very hot topic on campus. Um, and we're no stranger to hot topics right now. We're in that kind of moment too. And so um, what I loved about it is it gave me actual practical skills to use when talking to someone who either um, I wasn't familiar with like where they were from or what their life was like, or we had seemingly a difference of opinion on, you know, a political issue or, um, or I, you know, misunderstanding of values. Um, and so it gave me concrete skills to kind of slow down, um, learn how to listen to the other person and uh, reflect that I understood what they were saying. And then also find connection to what they were saying while adding my own perspective as well. Uh, which I have found really effective um, in 
my jobs and also, you know, now with working with people in a therapeutic setting, um, using it to get to know them better, but also letting, like giving them those skills too, to be able to use in their lives. All right. Yeah. Now, when you talk about uh, diversity and, and differences, you're not just talking about uh, black people, white people, you know, people of Hispanic mm-hmm. descent. You're talking about uh, um, oh, like what other kind of differences uh, are you seeing? Yeah. So those are important um, differences and it's kind of all meshed together. Right. So I'm not just I'm not only black. I'm black. I'm from Michigan, which is the Midwest is special I live in California um you know I'm a woman I have I'm a mom um I'm married to someone who's a different race from me he's white I um I happen to be religious um I happen to uh, be an extrovert um so there's all kinds of pieces to me um that are important uh and so diversity can look all kinds of ways I I think it is important to delineate that some of the ways that we're different, you know, society has ascribed value to them in one way or the other. And so that's important to note. Um, But the cool part is, you know, when you actually sit down and talk with somebody, you get the full picture, not just a snapshot. So you begin to understand how all of those different pieces of people interplay to help understand why they might have a certain perspective on things or um, why they might be curious about something or might be worried about something. It's, it's important to note the individual differences or preferences that we have or experiences that we have along with some of the more global things that um, kind of group us together in the context of our larger community. So Stacy, how do you actually start that conversation? I've noticed uh, people in the last couple of months uh, have been difficulty in even having a simple conversation. Uh, so how would you kick us off, so to speak, and even in our training? What, uh, one of the issues that's happening right now is um, uh, that we're seeing each other in like memes. So people like post up like, you know, a sentence or two that describes how they feel about something. The challenge was that as we don't understand where that's coming from. And so the important part of really being able to talk across difference is to be curious and ask questions. Um, And so the first part of when I do an intergroup dialogue process, we spend a lot of time on getting to know each other. You know, my parents named me Stacy because um, it means to rise above. And so um, that's because I had an older sibling who passed away, older sister who passed away before I was born. And so that made it, it had a lot of meaning to me. And so, you know, just by asking simple questions to get to know people, um, like, what was it like where you grew up? Or, um, you know, why do you like surfing or whatever it is, helps us kind of gather more information about what's important to them. And then we can begin to understand, you know, why they have certain beliefs and why those beliefs are important to them. Um, And so that's where it's best to begin. It's really hard to do that with social media because all we get are snapshots. We don't get a full picture. So I know that's a challenge for folks right now is because a lot of our interactions are on social media uh, and these like memes and sayings and stuff that we see. True. And even then on social media, most of us try to be responsible enough to give a true snapshot or at least as true as you can possibly get at that point Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. influencing one side or another just trying to keep an open dialogue 
No, I don't know about that. I feel like I try to influence. Oh, that's, that's you. <laughs> well, I mean, d- d- depending on your perspective, some of us feel like we have an obligation to. Yeah. So even that, you know, we don't know why Daniela posts something or why Count Corn posts something. Even the fact of you all having different reasons for posting, we may assume that our reason for posting is the same as another, and that then colors how we receive the information. Right. So That's it fair. just was a good example of how misunderstandings can happen super easily. So what kind of things do you do uh, professionally? Uh, I know you said you're a psychotherapist, um, but what, what kind of jobs have you had that uh, involve uh, diversity and inclusion and how to deal with people that are different than yourself? So I'll take this moment to plug social work. Um, (laughs) So uh, I'm trained as a social worker. Um, In my time, I've been a consultant specifically around diversity and inclusion. So I work with nonprofits to help them do strategic planning around how to uh, do better with hiring um, or programming. Um, I've trained uh, people at universities or K through 12 schools in how to uh, think about diversity issues in those settings. And then I've also, um, throughout that time, um, always had a little private practice, which is now my full time kind of thanks to COVID, uh, in that it's really flexible so I can stay home with my kids and still work um, on my own hours. Um, and so, um, So I've been able to bounce around because social work allows you to do that. You get trained in, um, you know, obviously the clinical side, but also I have training in policy and evaluation. So I know how to evaluate programs. I have training in administration. I know about how to run programs. So I kind of get to bounce around depending on, you know, what my lifestyle needs are and um, where I'm at in the community and how I can contribute. Is all of your work being done from home now? Yep. So I'm fully remote. So I see clients, which one client recently said how cool that is. Um, She lives in a rural part of the state where there's not as many opportunities and options for getting support from a therapist. And because most of us are online right now, she can look and you can, and therapists can see anybody in their state. Oh yeah. She can look and find a better fit because she has access to the entire state um, for people to see, because everybody's online, not just how far she can get to driving. Yeah, that's great. I hadn't considered that. Mm-hmm. So how's that working for an extrovert like yourself? You know, I'm doing okay. And I think I'm one of the extroverts that will seek out things. So I think it helps that I'm um, being a therapist. I talk to people at least every other day. Um, and so that's nice. Um, I'm really into Zoom wine tastings and stuff like that. So um, I've been able to connect with friends that way. I'm pretty good at like the Zoom connecting. It doesn't, I worked from home three years prior for a startup company. So I was on Zoom doing trainings and meetings all day long um, prior to COVID. So, um, So I'm pretty good at that kind of communication. And then I take my long drives to get out and do whatever, go to Target and chat with people I don't know, like I always have done. (laughs) So I'm hanging in there. What about the ones that are introverts or ambiverts like myself? (laughs) I think COVID is, you know, and this whole being distant can be hard for any, any vert, uh, intra, 
or enter uh, extra or anything in between, just depending on your circle of connectivity, it can be hard. So introverts might've been like, yes, for a while, no one's asking me to go anywhere. And, you know, but then at the same time, all of us need human connection. So, you know, I, I, I have a lot of, um, you know, people I work with who um, are both introverts and extroverts who are saying that they're either really kind of thriving in some of this stuff or are really having a hard time or, you know, it's day to day. If you ask me on a Thursday evening how I'm doing after a week of uh, distance learning and all of that, and then also not being able to go outside because of the smoke, um, I was pretty cranky last Thursday. So but I was right there with you. both hard for folks, but also blessings for folks in the same way. So it's kind of a mixed bag for all of us. Yeah, I think we're all kind of waiting for when this whole thing is over, but um, I think it's not going to go back to just how it was uh, in January. Like it'll be a little bit different, at least for a couple years. And, uh, you know, we'll just get used to that. We'll make the best of it. I agree. And, I, you know, that, that piece that that client shared about um, being able to have access to a therapist a little easier, that's one of the positive changes. I think a lot of therapists, um, even if we might go back to our offices, we may hold spots for folks um, who want to do virtual. Um, and so there's all kinds of little changes to our behavior that'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how it all pans out. Yeah. I mean, really, I guess that goes for any kind of business for, for school. You don't really, I guess for a long time, we didn't really have to pick a school that was within driving distance, but I think more and more people are just getting used to uh, distance learning. And there's so many things that you can do now, just, you know, through the magic of the internet, we can collaborate. Um, it's, it's kind of neat. It kind of opened up the whole world. Yeah, it's been really fascinating being home and watching teachers do what they do. Um, you know, during normal times, you drop your kid off and see it, you know, 2.15 or whatever. My son's kindergarten teacher, even on Zoom, work her magic of being a kindergarten teacher, um, engaging the kids and um knowing when one kid's struggling and being able to pull them back in and refocus them. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, so I will, you know, I, I, I used to work in a school too. And so I, I always appreciate what teachers do, but to see it real time every day. Um, I think there's a lot to be a lot more appreciation for teachers. I hope so. Uh, I, I think it's kind of worked the other way though. Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of backlash towards teachers, um, especially with the teachers saying that, you know, they don't want to go back into the classroom until it's safe. Or I see people saying, oh, since our kids are learning at home, we shouldn't even be paying teachers right now because I'm teaching my student, you know, but it's teachers are, are working extra hard. It's not easy having people, uh, you know, with their cameras off or not wanting to participate. It's hard to gauge where they are. I see some of these teachers on, on TikTok, uh, especially with the young kids, they still have to be on fully animated. It's they're putting a uh, 200% in every day. Yeah, they're doing a lot. <laughs> they're doing a lot. And, you know, this is one of those times where empathizing with each other is really important. So for the parents that are really frustrated, um, while I, you know, am very um, supportive of teachers, I can also empathize with that frustration of having my kid home and disagreeing with what's happening and not feeling mm-hmm. that I have an outlet to share it. Or, um, you know, it's just a frustrating thing. And so um, while 
I am grateful for my teacher. And, you know, I, I, you know, was one of the folks who chose to keep that my, my kid home so that other kids could go to school when school's open and it was one less kid to worry about. And, you know, I have a life where that, that works for me. Um, I can also really empathize with like the parents who are really struggling, especially my, my friends who are to, you know, a household of two full-time people working um, who also just like mental health wise need a break from their kids and don't have access to grandparents to take care of the kids for a little bit, or, you know, there's a lot of complications. And so just no matter what my beliefs are, you know, I being able to, empathize with the difficulties that other people share that I don't experience is really important. Well, even, even the ones that don't have children at home, some of the things I've been hearing from folks that are still employed and are still working from home is that uh, now that everybody knows that you're home, uh, bosses are suddenly asking for you to pretty much work around the clock. Uh, They're you're trying to have some semblance of family, friend, or what little socialness you can do, whether virtually or not. Um, and they're struggling because it's like, how do you find that balance of telling your boss, like, I know I'm home, but I also have <laughs> a life and other things to do. Um, you know, just because I'm home, don't just dial me at like 10 o'clock at night and be like, just a thought and popped into your head and said, can you work on that right now? It's like, no, can you, can we go back to normal hours of schedules? And so I've been hearing a lot of folks that they're still struggling with that too. They don't want to jeopardize um, that their bosses are going to say, you know, if you can't do it, then we'll just find someone else to hire and work and do the hours that we want remotely. Danielle, that's a really good question. Um, And being in the startup world for three years with a direct report to the founder and CEO, I know the life of being asked interesting questions at 10 p.m. at night um, and having to answer them. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Um, I think one thing that um, I've reflected on and some of my clients have even talked to me about uh, is that uh, there are challenges in life, no matter, you know, COVID presents a certain amount set of challenges, but life prior to COVID wasn't perfect either. And so um, using that to sort of challenge any cognitive distortions or dissonance we have with like, you know, sort of being frustrated. Um, so that means acknowledging the realness of the frustration Um, And also, you know, being able to say like any other challenge, um, how do I work through it? And so uh, like one thing I hear in what you just said about, you know, if I don't answer my boss, they might can me um, is, you know, that that could be true or it could be us projecting that like we feel the pressure to do it. And therefore we think our but actually our boss knows that it's a ridiculous time to be ailing illness and they really don't expect a response, but they just want to get it out of their head onto, you know, somewhere so they don't forget it. Right. So Mm -hmm. it could go either way. Um, And so I work a lot with my clients on it and it's funny. um, All of them, like a few sessions in will go, I had this problem prior to COVID. Like COVID is making it look a certain way because of changes to my job or family, but this was there before. 
that, yeah, um, I think I think it was interesting because um, you know being in HR before, at least when people were in house, you kind of had those discussions with those bosses, and you'd be like, you know, respect the time away from work; it's their time of rest. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, everybody's home, so your rest is kind of like flexible, and in some ways you're asking for flexibility so it's kind of trying to find that balance (laughs) and just setting expectations like like, I'm still gonna go you know I'm not gonna answer at 10 p.m unless it's like an emergency (laughs) because I'm still gonna go to bed kind of thing and just like just like with HR you know this there's always conundrums or people trying to work together that have problems that are not easy clear they're not clarified easier clear you know they're not clear not clear Mm -hmm. lines so it's all about like you said working together to figure out what works best for supervisor and supervisee yeah because I remember I used to have a boss that was like that every evening like she would go home and just like email 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 but like the first round of discussions was kind of like no I don't expect you to be checking your emails at like you know midnight and answering the questions like when you get in or when you log on you know that's when you that's when you answer and that's when you work unless I put like urgent urgent it's kind of a double-edged sword I think because a lot of people working from home in an eight-hour day you might actually be doing four hours of work if you're there like you know with your kids and do you know just you know how it is you know you're in your pajamas it's it's not really the same and so it kind of balances out some of us are doing a lot more work some of us doing a lot less uh, I want to talk about this training that you're doing with JCI Santa Clarita. Um, it's on Wednesday, September 30th uh, at 6 p.m. It's uh, via Zoom. So it's uh, anybody can attend uh, from anywhere, right? They don't even have to be local. They so, Just like what we were saying before. So this is, training is called Connecting Across Differences. Can you kind of give us a sneak peek as to what that's about? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of conversation about coming together and, you know, how to um, work with folks with different values than you, different views than you, a different life story than you. Um, And what I wanted to do is actually provide concrete skills. So literally, here's how you say things or here's the ways you can talk about things where it can um, help de-escalate or kind of recenter the conversation um, and make sure that both you're feeling heard and so is the person you're talking to. So we'll go over a couple of actual concrete things. We'll actually do some practicing um, with some fun, uh, you know, breakout room stuff. And um, hopefully people will leave with some skills that they can use. Um, it's getting to be going to be interesting, fun for the next couple months as we get close to an election. Um, people are, um, feeling lots of ways about that. And so hopefully these can be useful as you talk to friends and family about election stuff or anything else going on that, um, there's some difference of opinion or misunderstanding. Yeah. I've got uh, some close friends and family, uh, with whom I do not agree with politically at all. So it'll be interesting to see how we can best, uh, have these uh, discussions maybe over Thanksgiving, yeah, we used to joke yeah. about Thanksgiving uh, at the university because we'd have these kids, and they're, they're not kids, they're adults, uh, in class talking about how to do this difference thing. And then, like, Thanksgiving was the test. 
me see how they did at the dinner table when they come back for class the next week. And that was always a fun discussion. Nice. All right. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast today. Uh, looking forward to your training. Again, that is on September 30th at 6 p.m. So uh, we'll see you then. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it. We all uh, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Our see pleasure. you then.